So as we've been in this series on loving one another and all the different one another passages in Scripture, as we come to today's message and today's Scripture passages, really this is an area that I feel like City Church is very good at, but we just need some reminders. Um, And it is today we're going to be talking about we love one another by serving one another. So when Jesus tells the disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. There's aspects about that love that sometimes we don't think about. And so throughout Scripture, over and over again, there's passages that Paul writes. He says, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another. And so we're taking these one another passages and saying, this is what loving one another is about. And as, uh, it's not going to be on the screen because it just came to my head, but as we, as we think through the beginnings of the church in the book of Acts, one of the first things we see very early on is this idea that some of the people in the church were not being served. If you remember the story in Acts chapter 6, there's there's all these different things that happen. They're, they're trying to feed these 3,000 people who've stayed in the community from all over the world. They're trying to figure out what's next. And so they're a group of people, and really it comes across, it's not that people just kind of forgot about it. Oh, we forgot these seven or eight ladies over here who weren't getting taken care of. The issue was really in a lot of ways a racial issue. The issue was these women are not like us. They're here but they're not as important. And so when they finally say something about it and the disciples go, hey, it is important that we take care of them. Now, it's important that the disciples spend their time getting ready to teach the word and understand and know the word and focus that, but these people still need to be served. And so we see this happening very early on. Now, I'm doing something today that I, I don't like to do, okay? Not preach, but that I don't like to do. And that is, there's two words up here on the screen. I don't like to tell you Greek words and Hebrew words and those kind of things. I don't like doing it. I don't ever want to give the impression that I'm trying to impress anybody because I know Greek or Hebrew, whatever. But as we're studying this idea of serving one another, there are a few different words used in the text in, that are talk about service, but these two are the main two. There's another one that's used that basically means service in the temple. And so it's used mostly in a kind of a worship service kind of idea. But these two are the main two that are used throughout Scripture. Now, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was up until three minutes ago going to divide you guys up into groups and make you look up passages today. Um, But something said, let's don't do that. So so you need to be thankful that the Lord changed me on that one. But... uh, But we are going to look at some different passages up here on the screen. Now, the Luke 2 passage, go ahead and make your correction. I typed uh, that incorrectly. It's Luke 20, verse 9, not Luke 2, verse 9. So I went back to look at it. I thought, what was I thinking on Luke 2, 9? Um, But in Luke 20, verse 9, and it's kind of following, Jesus tells a story, maybe you're familiar with it, where he says there's a farmer and he sends out people to, to check on the farm. And he sends a servant, and they beat that servant and send him home. And he sends another servant, and they kill that servant. 
So finally he says, well, if I send my son, they'll respect my son, and they, they take the son and kill him also. And he's, he's making a point against the Pharisees, but he uses this word doulos as servant. It's a servant who is really cared for by his master. It's not just, he just picked somebody out, out of the group and sent them. This is someone he trusts with his message, and he sends him to, to take care of the situation. Then in the passages in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four tell of a story that we all are familiar with if you've seen any of the movies about the, the crucifixion of Christ. And in this story, Peter takes his sword out and cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. It's the same word. This is someone that the high priest trusts well enough to go arrest this person. Now, Peter was not really trying to cut off his ear. He's trying to cut off his head, but probably the, the servant had a helmet on, and when he swung at his head, he hit the helmet, chopped off the ear instead. But in John, the unique thing about John is John names him. Now, this servant must be important enough that John gives a name to this guy who had his ear lopped off coming to arrest Jesus. So there's an importance there. Then in John 8, 34 and 35, Jesus is saying, you guys have been servants of Satan, and they're saying, we've never served anybody we are Abraham's servants. So the idea here being, we have a special relationship with Abraham. We've never served anybody else. Then in Romans 1, Philippians 1, all of those passages, Paul says, and until Revelation, Paul says, and Jude say, I am a bondservant of Christ. Now, the bondservant idea is found in Numbers chapter 21. In Numbers 21, the servants in Israel would serve for a certain number of years and they were allowed to be released. But it said if the person decides that he loves his master and he wants to stay and serve his master, they take him to the doorway of the temple, drive a nail through his ear, put a ring in there that tells everyone, I belong to this master. I'm choosing willfully to continue my service to this master. So Paul says, I'm willfully choosing to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Jude says the same thing. Peter says the same thing. John says the same thing in Revelation. And in Revelation 15.3, it says, the song of Moses, my servant. So this is, just write these down. But this is the idea that over and over again, this is this special relationship of a servant. Then, in the, the other ver- ver- verb, diakonos, this idea here, we, you just write these down, but the idea here is more the idea of actually doing the service. It's not just the person, it's doing the service. It's going out to serve other people. Now, what's the point of all this? Why are we getting into all these different words and all this different stuff? Everybody got these written down? Okay. If you don't get them all, we'll, 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 I'll come back to you or we'll get up after, catch up afterwards. The point on all this is the difference is heart attitude. The difference is why are we serving? City Church is great about serving. We ask people to do things, everybody shows up. 
We get here on Sunday mornings, we set up, we, after the service, everybody tears down, we do a good job. But the idea here is hard attitude. Now, not everything in Diakonos, not everything there is a bad attitude. You know, it's not that they're serving out of a bad attitude, but it, it could be. You ever serve somebody and the whole time you're going, oh, yeah, I've done it. I've been there, you know, mowing somebody's lawn thinking, well, why can't they do it? <laughs> why, why am I? I mean, we used to go clean up people's yards and, you know, we'd be killing ourselves cleaning up people's yards and they're sitting on the front porch watching. And I'm going, hmm, okay. <laughs> Got to pray for my attitude on that one. Um, and so it could be that. It could be we serve because we're made to. We're told you're going to serve. Sometimes we serve out of guilt. This person is in a rough situation, so I'm going to serve them because I feel bad. And so the issue is not that. The issue is what is our heart attitude? Another one, another attitude we do sometimes, bring up that picture for me. Okay? You ever served so that everybody could be proud of you for how you served? Been on mission trips? These poor children who are over here starving to death. Let me take a picture of them. It's not that taking pictures on mission trips is bad. The issue is, why are we doing it? What is our heart attitude when we serve? Is our heart attitude so that someone will recognize our great service? Or is our heart attitude because we love Christ and we love the people we're serving? See, that's the difference between those two words. Because you can be a diakonos, you can serve without ever loving the person. But you cannot be a bondservant, a doulos, without loving the person that you're serving. Without being that person who is sold out. So turn with me to Mark chapter 10. This is going to be our key passage this morning. Mark chapter 10. Kind of a familiar story probably to most of us, but we're going to look through it together again. Mark 10, beginning in verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you... I'm sorry, I did. I typed again. We want you to do whatever we ask, basically. I'm sorry, my typing's bad. We want to do whatever you ask. we ask of you. He said to them, so what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us to sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your glory. Now, we don't know why John and James felt bold enough to ask this question. It's very possible that they remember Jesus saying, anything you ask in my name, I'll do for you. They're thinking, hey, here we go. He said to ask anything in his name, I'm going to ask it. It may be because John and James more than likely were Jesus' cousins. They thought, hey, we're, we're related. We should get top, top bill. Maybe because John's going, hey, James, I'm the beloved disciple. Let's go ask him. We don't know. We really don't want to give motives to them because we don't know why they're asking. But what they are asking is, basically, when you come into your kingdom, which they think is going to be an earthly kingdom, let us be second and third in charge. Let us serve and be in charge with, yep, there to serve with you. 
So Jesus kind of turns the tables a little bit. He says, okay, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And basically what Jesus is saying is, are you ready to suffer? You're saying you want to be a leader. Are you ready to suffer? We don't think about it too much here in the United States because the pastor is kind of put up on a pedestal. But in a lot of countries where there's persecution, the first person to be persecuted is the pastor. They come to the church, they don't arrest everybody. They arrest the pastor. And Jesus is saying, you want to be a leader, just remember that as a leader, you're going to suffer. And he's asking them, are you willing to to suffer the same way I'm going to suffer? And they said, yeah, sure. We can do that. And Jesus really doesn't, doesn't challenge them. He says, you know, Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and my left hand is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the t- ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. So Jesus says, you want to, you want to be a servant, are you willing to suffer? You want to be the, one of the leaders, are you willing to suffer? And he says, really, leadership is not our decision. Sometimes I look around, and I think this is really what Paul's coming at when he talks about those who are in leadership and praying for the leaders of the country, even though he's being persecuted by those people, is he understands and knows that those people are in those positions because that's where God put them. Now you go... That's hard to accept. It's hard to accept that when leaders are treating people poorly, that God put them in that position. But Scripture says that he did. That those leaders are there for a reason. And so in the midst of it all, he's saying, it's not even my place to put you in leadership positions. God the Father and his sovereignty is going to put you where he wants you. And so we've got to realize and understand that. And then he calls the rest of them together because they're kind of ticked off. (laughs) And he says, Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. He says that the world teaches leadership a different way. The world teaches dog-eat-dog leadership. That you're going you're to do whatever you can, step on anybody you need to step on to be the leader in the organization. That's how the world teaches leadership. The world teaches leadership that says, you know, I'm, I'm in charge, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You know, it's, I, wanna, I want you to be part of my organization I'm never really going to care about you. I've got you there to use you to be, to do what I want you to do. See, servant leadership loves people. Servant leadership, the idea is building up the team to be all that they can be, not building up the team so they can make me look good. But he's saying that's what the Gentiles do. It's not power-seeking. 
So he says, so what does it mean? Whoever will be great among you will be your servant, diakonos, and whoever will be first among you must be slave of all, doulos. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, diakonos, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, this word, the diakonos word, can mean just basically the waiter of a table. The person who's just coming to serve in that way. It could be, it talks about Martha when she served at the, the dinner and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. It talks about Peter's mother-in-law when she was raised from the dead that she served them. So the idea was they're just distributing food to people. It can mean that. But Jesus is elevating it here. It's no longer just the idea of just serving and doing these things. It's the idea of I'm sacrificing and giving my all as I serve you. So again, it comes back to to heart attitude. The idea here is it's I'm serving you because I care for you, but it comes from the fact that I am, as he tells the disciples, the slave of all. See, it's easy to talk about being the bond servant of Christ because that still kind of keeps us pretty high up there, right? I'm the bond servant, but I'm the bond servant of Christ. Uh, this is pretty high position. But to say I'm your bond servant, I'm your slave, that's a different heart attitude. That's a different spirit. And Jesus is trying to challenge the disciples. Look, it's not even just a matter of how you serve. It's the heart attitude you serve with. And here he's saying, I came not to be served, meaning to have people cater to me, but to cater to others. And so we think, well, there's still this idea of doing. Well, then we come to John chapter 13. And we've talked about this before. John 13 is the the Lord's Supper. And we all know that Jesus washes the disciples' feet. But we forget how the passage starts. The passage starts by saying Jesus knowing that he had come from the Father and was going to return to the Father, took up the towel and began to wash the disciples' feet. Understanding and knowing that he was the bondservant of his Father, his hard attitude was to serve and love. His hard attitude was submission to what the Father had called him to do. Because of that, because of his position in who he was with the Father, he could serve. See, service, sometimes we begin to think that I'm going to be, if I'm the servant, I'm going to be the doormat. That's really all I am. Somebody's going to wipe their feet on me and move on. No. I serve based in who I am in Christ. I serve you because I am a doulos, a bondservant, of Christ, a bondservant of you. My heart attitude changes to where now it's whatever it takes to serve you. Not I serve you and I regret it. Or I serve you and hope to get brownie points. Or I serve you so that everybody will notice. I'm serving because of who I am in Christ. Brian, a few weeks ago, preached from Philippians chapter 2. Now, the first part of chapter 2 says, consider each other as more important than yourselves. Always building up the other person. 
But he goes on to say, we do this because the attitude had the same attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing by becoming a servant. Jesus' attitude, spirit was, he was equal with God, but he chose to say, that's not important. What's important is serving. And his service carried him to the cross. And so this, this attitude. So today, I want us to surrender our attitudes. We're very good at serving. We're very good at doing acts of service. But we need to ask ourselves, am I willing to be the slave of all? Am I willing to say, my rights and my needs and my wants are no longer important, but everybody else's are? Are we willing to set that aside? Are we willing to say, even though I have a right to these certain things, that's what's not important? Surrendering our attitude, being willing to be slave of all, and being being willing to serve without recognition. It's a passage in Matthew 25. You can write it down. You can look at it later. Kind of familiar with this. The end times. Jesus is talking about the end times. God's going to have on the right side all the sheep, on the left side all the goats. And he takes the goats and he says, look, I was in prison, you didn't visit me. I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. I was homeless, you didn't take me in. And they all go, well, when did we do that? When did we neglect you? And he goes, well, when you neglected the least of these, you neglected me. Then he shifts to the, to the sheep. And he goes, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And they go, when did we do that? You ever thought about that? They're, they don't remember when they served him. The reason they don't remember when they served him is it's just who they are. They're not keeping tabs. They're serving with no idea of recognition. No desire to say, everybody look at me, how wonderful I am to serve. They're serving based out of who they are. They are just servants. And you say, well, some people are just made that way. We can all, next week we can do all of our personality tests and determine who are the servants and, and who are the ones who aren't servants. I was talking last night to, uh, is it your cousin-in-law, Beth? Talking to, to Jenny's cousin-in-law. And we were talking about, in ministry, taking all these different personality tests. And then you kind of get locked into, well, that's just who I am. Here it is. It says I'm an E-S-J-T-P-R-K, or a J-E-R-K, whatever. Um, you know, so so you, you have all these different personalities, and you say, well, that's just who I am. Sorry. That's just who I am is against what the gospel tells us. The gospel says... 
For anyone who is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, this may be my natural bent to go this way, but I've been given a new nature. I've been given a new ability to say my natural bent can be pushed aside and do what Christ has called me to do. We can surrender our attitudes. We can surrender our personalities. We can surrender our history. We can surrender our education. We can surrender everything we have to say, I'm going to be a bondservant of Christ and a bondservant of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Because Jesus said, it's not going to be the same way in leadership with you. The leader is going to be the one who serves and is going to be the slave of all. And Jesus didn't just say it, he did it. And he can change us and mold us. So I want us just to to spend some time. We're going to pray, and as we're praying, Kenny's going to come forward. We're going to have communion. Just pray. Lord, if there's an area in my life where I, even in my service, do it begrudgingly, I want a different attitude. I want a different spirit. Let's pray. Father, as we surrender to you this morning, Lord, as I look around this room, there's not a single person here that I wouldn't feel comfortable asking to to do something, and I would know that they would do it because they love to serve. I pray that we will always serve from a spirit of understanding who we are in you. Serve from a spirit of a bondservant. Serve with your heart attitude so that we can honor you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.